5: So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
6: Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app, By searching FSR.
0: This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio.
6: Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection. Fast, free shipping. Free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying... Should be welcome in. Hope you're great, Brandon Whedon, my boy. Who, of course, started Oklahoma State, started for the Browns, the Cowboys, the Texans. He'll join us. He'll give us some uh, some hand quarterback knowledge of what we're going to see tonight with the uh, what is it? The evening of the equine? Is that what uh, you're you're dubbing it there, Jason
7: Stewart? Yeah, evening of the equine. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty smart, right? It's uh whatever the uh, vowel <laughs> use of uh, alliteration is. I think it's consonants. Fenley is the uh, the literature major in the group here. Maybe he knows that. Uh, Fenley,
6: do you, d- instead of saying uh, you need to, what was, Wh- Cons- what was
7: it? Yeah, what was it again? Is consonants the vowel version of alliteration? Yeah,
6: I said, uh, I don't love the alliteration. You said there's a different way of saying alliteration when it's all consonants. That true, oh, that's an interesting point. Okay, yeah. that's not really. That's it. We're good. <laughs> All right, we're we'll good. move on. Thanks. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> we're good. That deep breath of that's an interesting <laughs> point. You heard radios clicking nationwide, like, uh oh, this feels like NPR. Stu Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, we're going to take a shot at being wait, was it? Di- would I bite? Oh man, we're going to see if we're offensive. And take our best shot at being inoffensive with a big announcement in the NFL. Okay, good. Plus, we got uh, Draymond Green uh, executing a code red in the NBA. And uh, I think LeBron James stepping on his you-know-what in trying to trying to somehow get his way
7: to owning an NBA team. We got a ruling. Uh, a- Mike Lingard. Yep. Who I think his mother was a uh, an English teacher. Okay. Assonance. He says it's assonance, and I said this is not it's the podcast. Assonance. Lingard. It's
6: assonance. You know, you can say assonance because assonance is in the Bible. You can say that.
7: So assonance is that? Are we looking that up? Evening of the equine. Evening of the equine is the assonance. An example of assonance. Thank right. you, Big Mike.
6: Yes, it is a. It's a. It's an assonance. That's who I work with. An assonance. No. No question about it. By the way, now we know that assonance is a word that does not. It does not mean at all like it sounds, right? It's definitely not amoea poetica. You know, amoea poetica is when a word sounds like its meaning. Like "bam" means "bam" because it sounds like "bam." It just all works. "Snap," correct. "Sizzle." "Shh." "Shh." All right, I, I think you get the point. Colts, Broncos. Here's two teams that came in with both with high hopes. The Colts, there was a lot of people in Vegas who thought Colts would have a good year, and they have, (laughs) until we saw them against Kansas City. And they beat Kansas City, like, okay, maybe. Okay, maybe. Matt Ryan's look washed. But part of the reason they had a stacked boxer in the year was they had injuries to their guys outside the numbers. And you're taking on a Broncos team, which has been... Was well, kind of the punchline for all the different jokes in terms of Russell Wilson. You ever tried something dangerous? Huh? Les Ride, Ry- Broncos Nation, Les Ride. I mean, we have made more fun of the Broncos and Russell Wilson over the last couple weeks than I thought even ever possible. Part of it is you have Nathaniel Hackett. And, you know, here's the thing this is very judgmental of me. But really, are we going by Nathaniel, not Nate? Nate's a great shortened nickname of a name, isn't it? Anyway, Nathaniel Hackett and his inability to look ready for the job that he actually has. So I, th- this one's going to be fun, but what I don't want is let's no discussion. And we didn't really have any last week. I know the Amazon guys missed on the discussion about whether or not Tua should have been out there or what happened Sunday or protocols or whatever. What what I'm I'm thankful we didn't have on the broadcast and we've had a very limited amount of it post-broadcast is the they shouldn't be playing Thursdays. Which maybe they shouldn't be playing Thursdays, but you know what they're going to do for the foreseeable future? Play on Thursdays. Why? There's a lot of money. Okay. You know? I mean, pretty much any time somebody does something they really, really don't want to do and it's not particularly good for them, it's for the money. Think about it. Why would you do something you really don't want to do? It's not really that good for you. Maybe for somebody else's well-being, maybe, but probably. There's not that much altruism here. This is simply for money. So let's not have a discussion about whether they should or shouldn't because they're going to. So it's a moot point. I like arguing things that are a moot point. When things are decided, they're decided, and that's the end of it. Period. But it's the evening of the equine. And then tomorrow morning, West Coast, tomorrow midday, we have the baseball playoffs. Okay, so these are the revamped baseball playoffs, right? There's no COVID restrictions anymore. We have nothing other than just pure. Okay, so these series are one game deals, three game deals or what? what? What are we what are we working on here, Jay 2?
7: Uh first round, the wild card round is three games. Yes. So yeah. they,
6: so so there's less randomness than there was previously, right?
7: I don't know, dude. It sounds like a lot of <laughs> randomness to me, but I don't like the baseball playoffs. And the chances of you having a team that wasn't one of the best teams in their league are even higher, you know.
6: Um yeah, look. So so Tell me if you agree with this, okay? Who do we want? Who does who does TV and non inside baseball America want to advance?
7: Dodgers, Yanks,
6: Dodgers, Yankees. Okay, but before that, who else? Who out of these? Two, Rays, Guardians. Do we care? Right, probably the Guardians. They had a better year. They have a bit better fan base than the Rays, and we. It's not like we haven't seen the Rays deep in the playoffs. Guardians would be the pick. Phillies Cardinals is interesting. Cardinals. Cardinals is the is the national name, but Phillies have a vibrant fan base in the Eastern Seaboard. And if they win, who do they play? I Guess it depends who wins the
7: other, other series. No, that's <laughs> they play the Braves. <laughs> that's the problem too. Remember last year we were all bitter because the no, Dodgers I don't remember. I don't <laughs> I don't remember because no, no. I
6: didn't talk about baseball being <laughs> yeah. at all last I year. I
7: remember because the Dodgers had to play the Giants. In the first round of the playoffs, even though they both had the, the best record in their league. Well, now the Dodgers, uh, for having the best record in the major leagues, now the Dodgers get the winner of the Mets and Padres? against the Padres. They could play a 100-win team in the next round. It's, it's Why is that? They don't reseat after the round. That That's the problem. But
6: why are the Mets seated so lowly? Because they're the wild card?
7: They're that's not, cr- yeah. yeah.
6: But so are the Cardinals and the Phillies.
7: No, the remember that the division winner is ranked higher than the the best wild card, and the Cardinals won their division. That's correct. Yeah. They won the Central,
6: but they're in the wild card because they have the third best record.
7: So the Braves, who just eked in, uh, they're going to get the best draw on the NLDS. Yeah.
6: Well, I mean, so uh, it's this is a good question. I mean, I think most people in America want Dodgers Mets, right? But Dodgers Padres would be incredible. Dodgers Padres would be incredible.
7: Yeah, for this half of California, that it would be amazing. I yeah. don't know if anyone else cares.
6: Nobody else cares. That's correct. Zero other people actually care. And they do. Have, I mean, obviously, have some big, big name stars now with the Padres, but no. But compared to the Mets, like that would be that's an amazing series. That's one in which I'd go like, mm, you know, what, I might want to pull some springs and go go. I'd actually like to go to a game at City. That's a that's a. Have you been to a game at City? You guys ever been there? No. City Field's amazing. It's like, hey, what like they took out all the things you didn't like about Shea Stadium, with the exception of the location, and and built a new stadium. It's like, right? You didn't like the turf? We got grass. You don't like the uh you know, the multi purpose stadium? Great. Baseball only. Kind of a throwback sort of stadium. Like all that is cool. Subway stop right there, which they've had previously. You like that? The only problem is it's like they got closer to the runway. So there's even more planes. More jets. So, you're like, man, I love this. Dun, 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 dun. I said I love it. It's really. There's a lot of planes right there. Anyway, okay, so Mariners, Blue Jays, that winner plays who? Do we have any idea? Do we care? Do we not care about the American League? Like, we want to see the, everybody wants to see the Yankees. Yeah.
7: The Astros are the top seed, obviously. I don't know how that. So the
6: happen. Astros get who? They get the winner of the Mariners Jays or do they get the Rays Guardians winning?
7: Yeah, they, they get the two wildcard teams, right? Yes.
6: Yes. That's correct.
7: I'm looking at the thing right here and
8: it says ALDS, the, um, the postseason schedule. Yeah. And it says ALDS and it says uh, the Yankees obviously host the first two games and it says AL3 slash six. So I guess if the AL3 team wins they face the Yankees if the 6 team wins they face the Yankees. So it's it's kind of up in the air right now
6: depending no, on they, who wins. No, I I mean they they play the winner of a set series. Yeah, there, there's no
7: there's they're not reseeding. Um if you have the best record in your league, you okay. get a bye and you get a wild card team as your first opponent. The problem in the National League is the wild card team won 100 games. Okay, here's here's So
6: they get they get the winner of the uh, Seattle, Cleveland, no, wait.
8: The Yankees get the winner of the Tampa Bay-Cleveland series. Yes, and the Astros get the winner of the Seattle-Toronto series. Okay, and the
6: Braves get the winner of Philly-St. Louis. Louis. Yes, and the Dodgers get the winner of the Padres and the Mets. That is affirmative. Okay, I mean, so the only one that you're really kind of concerned about there is like the Dodgers, right? And it it feels like. Uh, I mean, the Padres, there's nothing really you can do there. I don't think you wanted to have a matchup with the Padres, you know? Um, Why not? Well, they're better than them. They are better than them. They're better than them, but it's like, I just, I don't know. Like, if you're the Dodgers, like, why do we have to play a team in our division? (laughs) Well, that's true. the crap out of all year. That's a different story. You know?
7: Yeah, neither of them are great. I mean, what is the problem with reseeding? Is, Is there some financial thing, schedule thing? It seems like an easy fix, but
6: does seem like... Easy, okay, so what could be the downside to receiving? So see. I guess the theory... Hold, 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 what's the, the hypothesis? I guess
8: the, th- the hypothesis would be if the Phillies won yeah. and beat the Cardinals, they should play the Dodgers. Is that... Because they're the sixth seed. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. As opposed to... And if the Mets beat the Padres, they should play... The Braves. The Braves. Because they're... Yeah. As opposed to the Mets playing the Dodgers as a fourth seed and the sixth seed, ha- if they get past the Cardinals, facing the two seed. The Braves do get the better end of but that deal, but that's
6: DLS. how all the pl- all playoffs work, though, Jay. Okay. No, no, who who reseed? I guess is the NHL the, reseed? The, the NFL, I think, reseeds.
7: Okay. So do they? Yeah. I thought the, the NBA the started too.
6: No. <laughs> I don't think so. No. No, that's not the way it works. It's the
7: smartest way to do it.
6: Um. Yeah. I guess. You know, look, nothing changes in baseball unless it ha- affects the, the Red Sox or the Yankees. That's, that's what you have to understand. <laughs> I mean, I, I truly believe one of the reasons they expanded the playoffs where they wanted both the Red Sox and the Yankees in as often as possible. Because those are the two teams that people have shown that they'll watch. Right? And now you get the Cardinals. People watch them. They're very popular. Dodgers, to a lesser extent. Um, Astros have been really good. Like this isn't, I know that we all know the Astros cheated a couple years ago when they won the world series, but they're, they're not, not popular because they cheated and banged on, on garbage, garbage pails. That's not why they're not popular. They're not popular because they're just not popular. Like nobody cares about the Houston Astros. It doesn't matter. So the teams that matter, Red Sox, Yankees. Uh, Dodgers, Cardinals, Cubs. I think those would probably be the top five. I'm forgetting somebody. Let me know. And and like the Braves are sitting there going, "Like we just won the division and we're the World Series champions." Great. Nobody cares. I I can't make people care about. I'm I'm I don't. I just tell you who does who cares who doesn't care. It's the same college sports. So anyway, we're kind of fired up about that. I guess three game series better than the one game deal, in it. Yeah, but the all one three- game playing deal. It's like wait, you were in the playoffs, but you only played play game. Yeah. Like you weren't really in it.
8: All three games are hosted by the higher seed,
6: so the Mets will host all three so games. You get all three at home. That's correct. It's a major win for you financially to get three more home games, and if you advance, then you get more home games after that. It's a it's a big winner for you, huh? Um, and then there's the question of does the time off does it make you kind of stagnant and stale? Or are you taxing everybody else's bullpen? So by the time they come into play, like, if you're the if you're the Dodgers, you won 111 games, and you get time off as you're trying to figure out your rotation and everything else. And the team that you're going to, even if it's the 101 win Mets, like they will have to win two or three games, use their bullpen, use their ace and their second best pitcher. I, I still think you're in a you're in pole position if you're one of these teams with a buy. I th- I think that's a that's a pretty fair amount of treatment, if you're a one or a two seed. Yeah, maybe you have to play a little bit better team than you thought you'd have to, but that's that. This is not crazy bad treatment.
7: The uh, cool thing about any buy in any sport is that um, it gives TV producers of debate shows that lazy segment graphic: yeah. rest or rust, rest or rust. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. Ten minutes on rest
6: or rust. I always love when there's like a new young producer who comes in who thinks like he has. He has reshaped the wheel and he's like, guys, I got it. Okay. Rest or rust. What do you think? Would you, does the Dodgers sitting is at rest or rust? Huh? What do you think? And then the talent sitting there looking around the room, they're like, everybody's nodding their head. You're like, okay, whatever. i fine. I can form an argument here. But you're right. It is, that is uh, lazy segment television, much like, um, lazy segment radio is what's your favorite
0: sports
6: moment and why let's take some phone calls coming up next
0: be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app this is it we've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen
4: Selena.
3: Selena.
4: Celia Cruz. Azucar. Harold G.
3: La bichota.
4: Christina Aguilera. Xtina. Just to name a few.
3: We're serving the whole story.
4: From rags to riches.
3: And all the tea in between.
4: I'm Liliana Vasquez.
3: And I'm Joseph Carrillo.
4: And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in a house?
9: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug
6: Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's welcome in Bucky Brooks, Santa Analyst, and host of Fox Sports Radio Shows on weekends. Uh, he's the co-host of the Awesome Move the Sticks podcast. You see him on the NFL Network. Bucky's a high school coach. He does a little bit of everything, and he joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Bucky, have you ever seen in the NFL the level of disorder in multiple games from what you've seen with the Denver Broncos?
10: (laughs) Um, I'll say that as a first-time head coach, there's a lot of stuff going on. And everybody thinks they know how to be a head coach until they're tasked with having to make the decision. Because as an assistant, you're the suggestion box. You got all the ideas, you got all the stuff. But when it's time to make a decision, it's hard. And when Nathaniel Hackett is finding out the challenge of trying to manage everything while also doing the hard job of calling the game, it's one of those things where you wonder why so many of us on the outside advocate for, oh, we want to hire this hot offensive coordinator and have him call plays and manage the entire team. It's a very difficult thing to do to run the entire team and also call plays. It's tough to manage. And so without an experienced defensive coordinator, you have what I say too much newness with the Broncos. That's why you see some of the chaos on game day. You have a lot of new guys and new responsibilities, and it's hard for them to figure out what exactly they should be doing.
6: Um, My issue isn't that you can't get up to speed. My issue is, and you know this way better than anybody else, you can lose the locker room, right? If you're not ready for that job and the thing's a mess, even if you're like, no, 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 guys, I got it this time. Like, professional dudes, you can lose them. Um, Do you think he's Nathaniel Hackett to be able to get back that thing in the locker room? I guess respect in the locker room, seeing as he felt fairly unprepared for this job early on.
10: He can get it back, but the one thing that players want, they want to know that they can feel your expertise. So, as a player, you can figure out how to deal with all the good stuff, but what you're looking for your coach to do is when you're in a jam, you're in a rut, you can't move the ball, you can't do stuff, you have problems on defense, can he go over to the sideline, talk to the players and say, here's how we're going to solve the problem. He has to be able to be a great problem solver. And so, until he's able to put some of those things on display, put some pelts on the wall in that regard, yeah, he's in danger of losing the team because right now he looks like a coach that's not prepared for the role that he's been
6: thrust in. Um, for people who don't know, Bucky does the radio call for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I, I know that Jalen Hurts had played really well. I didn't think he played particularly well this past weekend. They still won. They're still an excellent team. But as you watch him as a quarterback, what would you actually see on Sunday?
10: The best part of Jalen Hurts' game are the things that we don't see. His leadership ability, his confidence, his poise, his teammates feed off of that stuff. There is something about being around the guy whose team just always wins. He exudes that kind of feel and has that kind of presence. Now, it wasn't his best game, but what happens, Doug, is when you're defending a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, who is a runner, who has also been – fairly effective as a passer, it changes the way that you have to play. You hear defensive coordinators talk about the game going from 11-on-10 to now it's an 11-on-11 football. And so the extra man that you used to put in the box to take away the running back, now you have to deploy him to deal with the quarterback. And so now it's an even game. And what you saw, so much of the focus was on defending Jenna Hurts as the runner that Miles Sanders had 125 yards, uh, I mean 134 yards on 27 carries. And so the Eagles' offense is a lesser version of the Baltimore Ravens' offense in terms of you have to deal with the quarterback as a runner, and it makes them so difficult to defend. So when you evaluate Jalen Hurts, you have to evaluate him on total yardage, running and passing, and impact in terms of how he impacts the rest of the team, being able to be successful on the ground because you have to worry so much about him getting loose as a runner.
6: Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, Okay, let's go to the Colts tonight as they take on the Denver Broncos we started with. How much does Matt Ryan have left in the tank?
10: You know, it's tough because he's an older quarterback, and Tom Brady has scored us to think that, hey, you can be over 40 and still have success. The older you become, the more help that you need from your supporting cast. And what I see right now from the Indianapolis Colts, the supporting cast isn't playing up to par. The offensive line, which is, I think, the most expensive offensive line in football, they're not knocking bodies off the ball. So they haven't been able to run the ball effectively like everyone anticipated they would with Jonathan Taylor. Then on the outside, Michael Pittman is a nice player, but he's not a premier number one receiver. And outside of that, they don't really have any major threats in the passing game. So for Matt Ryan, he needs all of those guys to function at a high level. So as an aging quarterback, maybe even a declining quarterback, he can be effective. Right now, he's not getting that support, which is why he doesn't look like
6: he has any gas left in his tank. Um, I'm intrigued by your thoughts on the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, It just, you know, I still, they're probably the class of that division, and the defense looks pretty good, but the offense, some of it's injuries and some of it's just it's been kind of messy. What do you think of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now as we kind of get to the quarter pole?
10: You know, it has been great. It has been great on offense. Um, I think Tom Brady is still trying to figure out his rhythm in this offense. I believe they're still trying to figure out how to call plays to fit the personnel that they have available. When you look at their wide receivers, they have all big bodies playing primarily Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Mike Evans. Well, that's a different set of skills that they're bringing to the table than what Tom Brady has played with for a long time in New England. The quick, jitterbug type that could get open on the option routes under 10 yards. Now he's having bigger guys, and so they can't quite carry over some of the Patriots stuff that he was doing and that he likes to do. And so Byron Leftwich, Tom Brady, they've got to get in the lab. I think you'll end up seeing them be more run-heavy, more power-offense-oriented because then that will allow him to throw play action, push the ball down the field, which is what his receivers do, what they do better than running those quick intermediate routes.
6: Stu Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Bucky Brooks is, in fact, our guest. Uh, all right, Bucky, the Packers, kind of similar work in progress with the wide receivers, but I, I see it as they're trying to put themselves in position to be a run and defense dominated team for the playoffs, especially if they play at home in cold weather, and that they figure Aaron Rodgers can always kind of work towards bailout plays. Is that what you see?
10: I believe this is the best way that they should play. I believe they should have played this way for a long time. When you bring up the playoffs and you think about playing at home in Lambeau Field, it is great that Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks to play the game. It's great that they're able to throw the ball all over the yard. But in inclement conditions, there's something to be said for a punishing running game and a dominant defense. Now they appear to have both. They have a defense that is playing like Sal. Rashawn Gary's been terrific. they like got a bunch of other homegrown players that are playing at a high level. And then the running game, Uh, they've been able to get that on track with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And even though Aaron Rodgers isn't putting up great numbers in the passing game because he has a bunch of new guys, I believe playing ball control, maybe a little more defensive-centric, will give them an opportunity to make a longer run in the postseason. I think it's too hard to play in zero-degree weather and throw it all over the yard. The reason why the Vince Lombardi Packers back in day one is because they were physical, they ran the ball, they played great defense. I believe if they take a page out of Vince Lombardi's playbook, I think this will give them an opportunity to get to the Super Bowl, which they desperately want to reach.
6: Mm. Um, OBJ, if you were advising him, where would you tell him to go?
10: Mm. You want to go where you can win. So even though it was lovely for you right now in L.A., L.A. looks so top-heavy. Right now, they just don't look good. And so you keep hearing the weekly chatter between OBJ and Von Miller and going to Buffalo. And what it would look like if OBJ is opposite Stephon Diggs playing with a great quarterback and Josh Allen on a team that is right there. Look, they've been on the, 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 the verge of getting there, but they got to knock off the Kansas City Chiefs. You talk about OBJ joining the Buffalo Bills in an arms race, that might be enough to put him over the top.
6: Um, I think it's it's pretty close. Uh, Kansas City looked good last week, but they were also loaded up for that game. That was an important game to them, kind of emotionally beat the Bucks in Tampa, proved that the Super Bowl was just a matter of not being healthy in the offensive line. Are they better without Tyreek Hill?
10: I think so in a different way. They're not better talent-wise, but they're better because the quarterback now has to play uh, the way that he needs to play to be able to have the answers to defeat the defenses down the line. Meaning, it was so easy for him with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey that you almost can get lazy into thinking, I'm only going to target those guys in critical moments. Well, now he has to utilize the entire field. And what has made the Kansas City Chiefs' offense more difficult to defend because they don't have established number one. Anybody can go off in this offense because Pat Mahomes now is willing to throw the ball to the open man. The other thing that's happening is Andy Reid is getting back in his bag in terms of the running game and the screen game. If you go back to the way his offenses used to look, one, with Alex Smith when he first got to Kansas City, but more importantly, when he got to Philadelphia with Donovan McNabb, it was kind of a hodgepodge of contributors making plays. That is a very difficult offense to defend because we need a defensive coordinator. You're like, who do we really want to stop? How do we direct our double teams? I believe – addition by subtraction is kind of like what is taking place in Kansas City. You're getting a better version of Pat Mahomes because you're kind of taking away the crutch and Tyreek Hill.
6: Hmm. Hmm. Um, I'm fascinated by the Cowboys and Cooper Rush. I, I Look, I think end of the day, Dak's better. right? I don't know if he's as much better as his salary would tell you, but it's Dak's team. It's going to be his team. How do you slow play this if you're if you're the Cowboys, and kind of play out the string with with Cooper
10: Rush? Oh, I think it has little to do with Cooper Rush. I think what Cooper Rush did is he brought the Cowboys back to the recipe that works for them, meaning when you have the backup quarterback naturally as the coach, you dial it back because now you want to protect them. You want the backup quarterback to play in a managerial role. Sometimes when you have the high-priced quarterback, so much of what you do offensively, Sometimes it's to justify Dak Prescott being a $40 million guy. Whatever he gets paid, he gets paid. But it's similar to Russell Wilson. The way that you need to play is independent of how he gets paid. So the Dallas Cowboys have a great defense with all those guys. They're always at their best when they're able to run the ball and lean on the offensive line. Whoever is the quarterback needs to manage the game and make a handful of plays. That is a successful formula it's been a successful formula when they've won division titles within the last decade. And it continues to be the formula for the franchise. So I would suggest to Kellen Moore and to Mike McCarthy, when Dak Prescott comes back, the game plan doesn't change. It's about protecting the ball. It's about setting up the defense. It's about running and then making a handful of plays down the line. It's not about airing it out because we saw last year how they did it when they had the number one offensive football. That recipe does not work for them in the postseason. They need to play like they're playing because the defense is balling out of control, and the running game and the offense complements the way the defense is playing.
6: He's the one and only Bucky Brooks. He calls Jaguars games. He's in the Move the Sticks podcast. you hear him on weekends on Fox Sports Radio. He's on the NFL Network. He coaches high school football. He does it all. Bucky, thanks you so much for, for spending some time with us.
10: Hey, thanks so much for having me, Doug.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app.
4: Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena, Celina. Celia Cruz. Azucar. Carol G. La
3: bichota.
4: Cristina Aguilera. Tina. Just to name a few.
3: We're serving the whole story.
4: From rags to riches.
3: And all the tea in between.
4: I'm Liliana Vasquez.
3: And I'm Joseph Carrillo.
4: And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in a house. And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music.
3: Certified Latin royals.
4: Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores exitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons.
3: Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon.
4: Aw, Joseph!
3: Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Toro Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
0: podcasts.
9: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: What up with you? Doug Gottlieb? show. Fox Sports Radio. Definitely a first world problem I just had. We did first world problems last week. Did I share the first world problem?
7: Yeah, you could do first world problems this week, too. Every week, tactically, right?
6: Okay. Real first world problems here. Okay? So, I have a unit called a Comrex. Okay? A Comrex is a portable device where it's supposed to, and this this technology's been around for years, but I was told by people much smarter than me that nowadays if you have a dedicated internet ethernet line the comrex is good as gold right you can plug it in wherever and if you'd noticed occasionally in the past couple of weeks we've had a an issue with our connection connectivity so i brought the comrex box in i drive an electric car i just i i have a lot of miles in this car i like it And there's a charging station at a grocery store a block from here, right? The charging station is supposed to only allow you an hour. But when I've been there, for the most part, people go and they plug in because it doesn't get a lot of miles and they'll leave it there for three, three hours, four hours or so. So in addition to the radio show, the podcast and other stuff. We had a fire alarm before the show, which kind of threw everybody's equilibrium out, right? People had to go outside. We couldn't record. There's lots of stuff going on. Anyway, I had exactly six minutes to run a block, unplug my car, either relocate my car or unplug my car, park in our parking lot, get the Comrax unit out and get here. I get to my car and I can't get the connector out of my car. That's a first world problem, right? It's still, in, and for the type of car I have, it has a special connector that it's like an adapter. to. You have the, the power cord, you have your car, and there's a the connector. So right now, no one else, no other kind of car can use that connector because I couldn't get it off. So I'm sitting there trying not to curse, right? Trying to jimmy rig this thing and get it loose. Couldn't get it loose. That's the definition of a first world problem. Not a real problem to anybody. It's like, what's the big deal? Well, I didn't want to miss the start of the hour of the radio show. And I'm trying to get the Comrex unit back to Fred. Poor Fred's been sitting here waiting. Where is my Comrex unit? I'm supposed to fix this thing because you screwed it up. And I would have gotten away with it if not for those meddling kids. I just wanted to do that voice because it's my fun end of Scooby-Doo voice. That's really what it is. Anyway, we're good? Cool. And I need a new front-left tire. I need to go to TireRack.com. We're in TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection of fast, free, shipping-free road hazard protection. And over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. You know what's interesting about TireRack.com and tires in general? We all buy them. We have uh, some form of limited knowledge of them. But really, do you have any idea about any sort of difference in tires? You're like, I don't know. I'm going to, that's why that website's so awesome because it has the ratings and the reviews. So you're like, oh, okay. Now I actually can pretend I know what I'm talking about. Because if a guy goes in and generally says like, you need new tires, like, okay. How much is it? Okay. Anyway. We got some NBA chitter chatter to get to. You guys good with it? Okay. Here's, um. we got LeBron in Vegas and we got Jordan Poole and Draymond Green. Let's do LeBron in Vegas next hour in the pod. How about that? Okay, this is a good one. So, Draymond Green and Jordan Poole apparently got into it yesterday during the Warriors' practice. So much so that there was actually a statement put out by the team about likely disciplinary action towards Draymond Green. The story which has come out from Bleacher Report, there's been other stories that basically... um, members of the Warriors were tired of Jordan Poole acting like a big shot because he's about to get paid and that's why Draymond Green had the code red, if you will, to Jordan Poole to level him out. Hey, dude, you're still just Jordan Poole. The story from Bleacher Report goes something like this. Jordan Poole had this one joke in his back. It was his jerk store line. You guys remember the jerk store line from Seinfeld? Yeah the jerk store called and they're running out of you and then he followed the guy to cleveland got all the way to cleveland dropped the jerk store line and the guy came back at him with um the ocean called the running out of shrimp right
7: what was the what was the first one though cuz he, he in the boardroom he was told a joke and then he had to wait and sit on it yes. yeah yeah. I think the I think the, the ocean he was eating shrimp in the boardroom, right? right? And, and that, then that, that's what was that joke was first. That joke was first and, and then, then he had co- to com- it.
6: and then he came yeah. up with the yeah. oh yeah, the jerk store come there, run out of you.
7: <laughs> I forget the retort at the end. I
6: though. don't know the retort Dan. Brian Finley can look that one up for us. <laughs> he can make up for that awful pick of the Padres at three in the first round of his who will win the World Series draft. Um so this feels like a code red, doesn't it? And when we say Code Red, it's not Stranger Things Code Red. It's Code Red from A Few Good Men. In the pantheon of great movies, that should be on anybody's list of 10 best movies they've ever seen. Right?
7: You don't think so? It's on yours? It would absolutely be on mine. No, no, no. What's what's missing in A Few Good Men? What's missing? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's a good got, movie. I don't got, think it's a top ten. You got
6: Jack Nicholson, you got Kevin Bacon, you have Tom Cruise. Hey, stop me if you heard this before. Tom Cruise plays a cocky <laughs> naval lawyer. Uh, you have Demi Moore. Remember Demi Moore's in there? Yeah. You oh, forgot? Cast. Like I'm unbelievable, unbelievable cast, unbelievable dialogue. You know, you have Guantanamo Bay. I eat. I eat breakfast three hundred yards, three hundred yards from a guy that wants to shoot my head off. Yes,
8: I agree with Jason. I don't think it's in the top ten, but i what I do think it is is one of those movies that, if it's on, you will continue to watch it. So, I don't know what's
6: if- it movie missing in the top ten? Isn't that, isn't that? But this is like my thing with Deadpool. Should have won the Academy Award for best movie. The initial, it, the
8: first one. Yeah, it yeah, was okay. the
6: best. It was the best movie I saw. All the movies. Yeah, I'm a member of the what's it called the union. You so are I get all, okay. Yeah, so I get all the movies sent to me. It wasn't close. Deadpool was the most entertaining movie I saw all year. Like I was entertained. I will watch it again. I laughed my arse off. Right. Like why? Why can't it be? So in this particular case, what is it that? It, li- it has the star power of a cast, it has unbelievable dialogue, tremendous acting, great plot. It has some cool scenes, right? There's a couple cool scenes in DC, there's a couple cool courtroom scenes, there's Guantanamo Bay, right? You need me on that wall, you want me on that wall. What is that movie lacking? Well,
8: well I think you can find, what my point would be is I think you can find 10 other movies that are better. I'm not saying it's not- It's very not a,
6: sub, it's subjective. There's right. no question. Yeah. But I, that's but what I, I don't, would say.
8: I'm not disagreeing with you. You that could
6: find, but, okay, so give me a movie that's defi- definitively better
8: than A Few Good Men.
6: <laughs> the Godfather. Both of them. Both of
8: them? Yes. Both Godfathers are better than A
6: Few Good Men. I mean, it's not even close. Not close? No. Well, first, Godfather 1 and Godfather 2 kind of get lumped in the same movie, right? don't well, you? They're, well they' they're continuing story so yes they I understand continue. but you don't like in the top 10 I like the Godfather the Godfather's good now does the Godfather have it does I don't remember it having as impassioned a speech or the dialogue really it's more about a story and the same, the scenes of the time
7: yeah and I I think I think you're wrong on this one Doug I'm sorry. I like the Godfather I would have the Godfather in
6: any top 10 I mean the guy, well, give me give me another movie
7: well, I mean, I just mean that your the quotes are in The Godfather. For people that love that movie, they, oh, I mean, they we'll swim go to the with mattresses. The fishes, and sleep of the
6: fishes. Yeah. Luca Brata, sw- I mean, with the an fishes. offer you can't refuse. The offer That's, you can't
7: refuse. It's in, Go to the mattresses. It's business, it's not uh, personal. personal you you're know, right. They're, they're
6: like Godfather's an iconic movie. I I have no problem with
7: but that. But I'm with John on this. There's, Give me another one. There's ten better movies. Okay, go. Uh Pulp Fiction. Okay. Like Boogie Nights is my favorite movie of all time.
6: Um, I have a great Boogie Night story for oh, you. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Ah, no. Yeah. Um, um, Pulp Fiction. Boogie—I I just bo- No one's going to say Boogie Nights is a better movie other than you because you just love no, the movie. No, no, no. Come on. It- th- th- somebody ranks Boogie Nights outside of you because it's your favorite movie. Right? This is like a, if you recuse yourself from your favorite movie. Right. I agree with a, you there, too. A Few too, Good Men is a better movie than Boogie Nights. I agree with Boogie you. Boogie Nights is fun and it's interesting. And, yeah, there's lots of stuff to it. Anyway, was this view was this code red ordered by Steve Kerr? Right, isn't that what we'll find <laughs> from how the punishment comes down? Like if Draymond Green is suspended for a preseason game and fined ten thousand dollars, then you're like, come on, dude, that's weak. That's Steve Kerr going like, listen, I'll pay your fine, just don't say nothing. I I I wasn't told to I, I was told to stop ordering the code reds and we ordered the code red. This is like the most normal thing ever from the Warriors. Draymond Green can be incredibly annoying. Like, look, Draymond Green talking about, did you, did you hear that he's on the new uh, LeBron podcast? Uh, what's that? shop? A new shop show? Oh, is he? Yeah, and he's like, talked, he's like man, I, I can get up for playing all these different teams. I can't get up for playing the Kings. They stink. Or the Thunder, they stink. Smart. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Um, why didn't you mention the Lakers? They stunk last year. But I, again, part of that is that's what it's actually called to be a professional. I, I understand. Um, and, and let's... Like, I see the Draymond's true value. I think he's an incredible, valuable basketball player. But let's be honest, we're coming off an NBA Finals where that dude at times was a liability on the floor. They needed him to play well to win a championship, but there were times when he was a liability in the floor. Like, that's not a guy that I think should be talking-ish about the Sacramento Kings or the Oklahoma City Thunder. Especially when you're trying to get another contract to pay you at the max level. That's part of what makes a max contract guy. You're not just there to win championships. You're there for those other 81 nights when you don't want to be there. That's what makes a great player makes. That's actually the mentality that... Most people have a problem with the NBA now, whether it was real or imagined. There was the thought of Jordan and that, um, and that era of player. Whether they respected their opponents or they didn't, if they didn't try and respect them, they tried to destroy them. They tried to kill any part of their soul. But I digress. The Draymond Green trying to keep Jordan Poole in check. I think it's a healthy thing. I think it's a team code red. Hey, man, that dude's way too full of himself. He's talking about this Jordan Poole. He's talking about getting paid. Like, somebody's got to level him out. Draymond's like, I'll do it. That's a Draymond Green job. Just like I said, you have to have, I said this in the playoffs, if you want to win big, you got to have somebody that other guys, other teams are a little scared of. He may be a bit of an a hole, but he's your a hole. Track all the great NBA teams. They all have one. And sometimes they're needed to keep people in line, even their own locker room. I got no problem with it. You know, just nothing above the face, nothing below the waist. Just a good shot to the chops, and then we're good.